Welcome to Faithfully Unapologetic. I'm Kelly Jean Pittman, and this is my amazing daughter, Jaina Pittman. We are a mom and teen duo, and our mission is to empower others in faith to help them break free from the stress of everyday life. By sharing our experience, we hope to inspire you to find joy, peace, and connection in the craziness of the world around us. Every other week, we'll share the secrets of a resilient heart, and you'll learn how to nurture a strong mind, body, and soul while taking advantage of the divine power of prayer. We're so excited to share this space with all the beautiful souls who are listening today. Welcome, and thank you for joining us today. Today's podcast is, we're going to talk about answered prayer. And so I'm pretty excited about that. Answered prayer is amazing and miraculous, but sometimes it can be kind of hard to maybe know when your prayer is being answered or understand how it's being answered, because sometimes our prayers aren't answered the way that they, that we want them to be answered. Not at all. I think people like to put God in a box and expect him to show up in a certain way. Mm -hmm. Or sometimes it just feels like our prayers aren't being answered at all, which will go into detail in a different one. Right, absolutely. It's kind of like I'm praying for a big, beautiful new house, and I want it to have a front entry, and I want it to have five bedrooms, and I want it to have six acres, and you plan it all out, and you want it here, and it's like, okay. We kind of treat God like he's a magic genie Mm -hmm. and that he um, is going to manifest whatever we want. And prayer isn't exactly like that. Sometimes I think it's made out to be like that, but in my experience, that's not the way it's been. Yeah, prayer is definitely not linear. No. It's more uh, exponential where it kind of grows at a weird rate and everything kind of transforms at a weird rate and it's not always like instant right it's kind of like also normal human development when 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 i'm working with children it's like development when they're learning skills it's not straight up kids don't you go up and down life is up and down and even from my experience prayers get answered and there's kind of highs and lows within these answered prayers Mm mm-hmm And that might sound kind of crazy, but stay with us today because we'll talk about it. And I think you'll have a clear understanding of how God can answer prayers. Yeah. Yeah. So before we get started, um, I guess I did a little look on Google to see how we know when our prayers are answered. And basically it said that prayers get answered in three ways. Boom. Just like that. Three ways. And the three ways are either yes no or not now which is pretty simplified to be honest even though prayer could be well i would say prayer is not complicated but the way that the waiting game and how it is answered can be complicated especially if like you're only seeing it from one perspective right and i kind of love it i love the I love the simplicity of it, Me which too. really isn't that simple, but no, it is and it isn't, right? Three yeah. ways. Yes, no, not now. <laughs> yeah, and so today we're going to be talking about the yes side of how God answers prayers. Yeah. So before we begin, um, we went through and we picked out a couple Bible verses that, yeah. we, that were good and appropriate for our podcast and talking about answered prayer today. Mm-hmm. 
And so, Janet, did you want to... Oh, yeah, I have the first one. Okay. So, the first one comes from Job 22:27 from the NIV version. And it says, I will pray to him, and he will hear me, and I will fulfill my vows. Which, I really like this one, because... Wow. It, it ties in with what we talked about last week, mm-hmm. about communication, being open, mm-hmm. listening, and following through. Right. And it ties back to that, because our last step was following through. And if you're going through all the steps, and then you don't follow through, it's kind of... Like, what's the point of even praying at all? Right. Like, that commitment starts out our vow, right? Um, So we make that commitment, and then we're open, we listen, and we have to follow through. That is our vow. So that's how we fulfill. It says, fulfill my vow. It doesn't say God fulfilling his vow. He'll fulfill our prayer. But the real answer here is we have to fulfill our part of the deal. And so that is a big part of prayer. Our heart has to be invested in this prayer. If it's just like, eh, I don't know, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Eh, you know. Kind of almost, well, I know a lot of songs where they're like, you know, or in movies too, they'll be like, I don't know if you exist out there, God, but like, here's my prayer. You kind of do need to believe. Because if you don't believe, then it's kind of, not genuine and real right and the main part is if you don't believe you're not going to follow through if you don't follow through you don't receive your prayer Mm -hmm. so it's like you're beginning to make that commitment and you're saying you're going to be open but it really depends if you can follow through on those last two steps yeah because sometimes people do that and god comes to them amazingly but they give it their all they submit their heart they're not sure but they submit it they commit um and they are open and they listen and then they follow through Mm -hmm. right and it's boom their whole life has changed night and day difference yeah other people they start going there i think but then they kind of they run out of steam and they don't finish up the vow the final pieces of um, really following through with that action so we love that bible verse right there because it's beautiful and saying that god absolutely will answer our prayers but we have to follow through on our vow And he hears us. He always hears us, no matter what we're saying. We'll go more in depth about subconscious prayers. And another podcast. Yeah. So we have to be careful about our thoughts there. That's another whole realm. There's like so much, so much we have to say. It's like prayers yet so simple, but there's a lot of important things to know about it to make it more effective and not to get tangled up in some distractions. Yeah. Yeah. So, and I think we have another prayer. Yeah, we have another verse. It's Matthew 7, 7 through 8. And it says, I ask and keep on asking, and I receive. I seek and keep on seeking, and I find. I knock and keep on knocking, and the door is opened unto me. Wow. I really love that one. In my experience, in my faith, in praying, even when it seems like God's not answering, I love that, and it's like, just keep on praying. And that's what I, I just keep on praying. My faith yeah, is there. Yeah, because you, you have a story more about that later. Yeah, I'll share that later. And it's like, it doesn't seem right. <laughs> it doesn't seem like you're answering. I almost feel punished, but I'm going to keep on praying. Yeah. And, um, and God kind of unfolds in this picture. But it, that's where it gets difficult to see. But it's very important to keep on praying 
and to keep on believing and keep having faith. Yeah. Again, you can't peter out um, because then that relationship breaks, like with any relationship. If you keep quit giving to whether it's a friend relationship, whether it's um, a spousal relationship, once you kind of peter out and quit giving and committing, it kind of falls apart. Yeah. So it's really important. You kind of got to have some stamina. Mm-hmm. And from a teen take on this verse, Ooh, yeah, I think it's that. really easy to, as a teen, to give up or feel discouraged or defeated all the time. Because mm-hmm. you're in this weird state where you're not, you're not a kid anymore. So you're not, you don't like have not expectations put on you. Mm-hmm. You still have responsibility and you're kind of, at the same time, like, you have a responsibility, but at the same time, the adults in your life are telling you you can't do this. And you're not really an adult where you kind of are supposed to have your life figured out, which is still kind of wrong because no one's ever going to have their life figured out. But when you're a teen, it's easy to feel defeated because you're just in a weird state in your life where everything's super dramatic and you feel everything so intensely. Yeah, I love that insight that you put on here because even now as a mom of a teen and I can even see with you how it's like, right, you're almost an adult, right? It's like you do these things, you know these things, but then we're like, oh, no, you did that wrong or no, we yeah. do that or no, you're not going to do that. or <laughs> So it's like, what's even the point of praying if I can't even do that right? But as we talked about last week, there's not really a right way to pray, pray. and prayer has gotten me through a whole heck of a lot of stuff and I'll go into that later but I just prayer is one of those things that you just got to keep petitioning to God about and even like when I feel like giving up I still petition to God to help me not to give up right just keep going and I keep going with prayer and that leads me to amazing places so yeah that's so important um you can't really give up really in anything in life um you have to make that commitment whether it's a job, like I say, a relationship, um, a project, you know, you, you need that commitment. If you don't have that commitment, yeah, a lot of, I've been in many houses where like painting projects and different things just don't ever get done because <laughs> yeah. that commitment's not there. So it goes with everything. It's not just with God, but it's also very important with God to have yes. that commitment. Very, very important. Right. And so with prayer, We're talking about praying right now and knowing when a prayer is answered. Can you, do you have a situation that you would like to share about that? So, because, you know, there's big things and there's small things in your life. Right. And I feel like, well, as a teen, like I was saying, you feel everything so intensely and everything seems really dramatic, even though it it doesn't have to be, but mm-hmm. you're, you're very hormonal and stuff. But Yes, there's a reason. <laughs> there is a reason for that. Uh, uh, very physical and... Yes, but... Brain reason. Yes. <laughs> very much. I, yeah, it's, it's just a weird time. But kind of when I was first entering teenhood, actually when I did enter teenhood, because my mom thinks that 13-year-olds are not teens yet. Pre-teens, pre-teens. They're, they're teeny boppers. Yeah. And so when I turned 14, I was officially a teen, but also I was going through some pretty serious medical situations. And it's really interesting because my, my whole heart journey and heart surgery journey 
is a story that I tell constantly. I feel like it's a personality trait of mine. But you can, it's funny how you could take the same story and look at it from a different angle or focus on one aspect of it. So that's mm-hmm. that's one of my big, bigger stories right. of an answered prayer. So it's an experience that you have had that has changed you yes. in so many different levels that yeah. you can break it out into a lot of Yeah, I mean, different my whole heart surgery journey was a time of growth. I grew so much in my faith. I grew so much in trust of other people and in my parents, and I grew really close to my mom. Yeah, and you've been working, you've been working hard. Um, even before that, you've been working so hard on so many different things mm-hmm. that it was not the way that I would have ever envisioned or hoped that all our work would accumulate into this grand plan of (laughs) open heart surgery and fear and panic and are you going to live or not situation but yeah I mean this was a for sure life and death situation but it's um the beauty of it all is indescribable almost yeah I mean it was just yeah so well I'm going to stop talking about how beautiful it was and tell you actually how what prayer was answered so right we're gonna focus it down she's gonna focus it down to one prayer because we've done many prayers we all did many prayers and so just to kind of understand this a little better we're trying to just kind of pull out a a, a one prayer and how it was answered yes so let's i was gonna start talking about it so i was really nervous about pain i mean it's Mm, surgery so like I don't even want to uh, that imagine. That was, like, the main thing I was worried about, which is pretty mm-hmm. understandable. I mean, you get your chest sliced open. Yikes. Yeah, so not fun. Right. And I was really, really nervous. I had experienced some stuff in the past, and I was really, really nervous about the pain of everything that was going to go into me or yeah, out of what? me or whatever. So I was just, I was feeling very uneasy, and... I did a lot of prayer, and I was writing down my questions, I was writing down my prayers to God, and I just was kind of, just, I was praying, and I went headfirst into it, because there's no way to really avoid surgery, so you just go into it, you kind of, you experience the experience, Mm -hmm. and I went through it, and it was pretty painful, Mm -hmm. but, Mm -hmm. but, 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 Mm. I had God on my side, Mm-mm. and there were so many blessings and miracles throughout it all. Glory, hallelujah. Yes, and I, okay, so the main pain aspect that I was worried about was my incision. Mm-hmm. My incision yep. was actually not the problem when it came to pain. Really? Yeah. However, I did have chest tubes, which is there to drain out fluid, because after surgery, you're pretty... Inflamed. inflamed yeah and you have a lot of fluids in you and those were my main problem with pain and how many did you have i had three of them three they were like tiny little chest out. of yours they're oh spread out gosh. throughout my chest and they're like pressing up against your lungs so it hurts when i lay down and hurts when i breathe mm. or hurt hurt when i breathe yeah, I don't even want to think of hard plastic shoved in a slit in my body. Yeah, so that was not pleasant. And I remember one day, I believe it was Saturday, so I was in the hospital from Wednesday to Sunday. And on Saturday, 
I was told that I was not going to get my tubes out till Sunday mm. or maybe even later because I still had a lot of fluid in me and mm-hmm. they wanted to get that out just, you know, for safety measures and health yeah. measures. I remember that day. It was kind of a darkened day Yeah. Um, after everything because I know you were struggling with pain. Yeah, and that you... was pretty much my worst day of pain. I think it had been building up. I was, my system was starting to get rid of all the painkillers that were in my system weaning off yeah so i was feeling everything yeah it was not fun Mm -hmm. and i was praying i was praying she was praying i mean i feel like i requested prayers even those my tubes i felt like she also felt like it was our tubes (laughs) (laughs) when it's your child that's a good explanation of it our yeah (laughs) mamas tend to take on the child's pain too Mm mm-hmm And so I was feeling it, and I was not happy. Mom was not happy when they told us that the tubes were not going to come out for another day. And you might think, oh, a day, big deal, whatever. Mm -hmm. But, like, these, oh, my goodness, hours, like, imagining, like, Mm -hmm. 20 more hours with these tubes was enough to make me curl up and cry. Yeah, we're in control of our time, and it's amazing how it can crawl by just so slowly. And this yeah. was probably one Especially of those times. Especially when you're in pain. Yes. That's... Yes. So that was pretty, like, you could just feel the energy shift in the room, and it became dark, and there's a lot of tension, and I, it just wasn't, I wasn't happy. <laughs> like just to put it like plainly i wasn't happy and honestly she was pretty happy considering she had open heart surgery yeah all the nurses were like amazed at her demeanor probably because i was on a whole bunch of (laughs) painkillers before i couldn't feel the tubes it was god god's and the holy spirit definitely lifted you up then everybody was amazed but yeah so mom was doing a lot of praying that day after we'd heard the news and then at like four they were they came in on Saturday. It was, like, the same day that they told us the tubes weren't coming out. They come in at, like, 4, and they're like, you're getting your tubes out. And I was like, what? Glory, hallelujah. Yeah, Praise the Lord. It was amazing. It, God had totally heard my prayer about pain and just the, the suffering I was going through. And then the doctors came in. They're like, you're getting your tubes out. And I got him out, and I thought it was going to hurt a lot, but mm-hmm. it actually didn't hurt that much. Nope, I wanted to leave, but... Yeah. I was, I was like, nope, you're staying here and holding my hand. <laughs> so I just didn't look. I don't want to look at that happening, and yeah. it was fine. It, it happened so fast. It I did know. happen really fast, because, well, one of the tubes was, like, a V-shaped, and so, it, like, it looked like separate tubes, but it was one tube, and they pull them out the same way. Oh, yeah. Tricky. I don't even think I knew that. I learned something new, but yeah, I wasn't looking. So. <laughs> yeah, it was, That's why. it was quite the experience. But it was amazing how God had just come into that room and helped me with my pain. And then after the tubes, you could just feel like this lightness in mm-hmm. the air and in my body. I felt great. Mm-hmm. I felt like I was, like, just under heaven or something. (laughs) Whoa. (laughs) And so I was... That's a big relief. I was praying and I was thanking God. It's a big piece. He had just done this for me. And obviously there was so much more that had happened in this story that I have so much to be thankful to for God. Or Mm -hmm. about. Yeah. So 
again, so many things that just melted away. And with um, God, anything can change, right? Mm-hmm. Everything can always change. And in the hospital, things are always changing. So things are always changing. It's weird really how bad. fast they can change in the hospital. Yep. Don't give up faith because it could change in an instant. Yeah. Um, so that is amazing. So there was a situation where it was answered pretty quickly. Yes. Um, we were waiting and waiting for that time to come. Mm-hmm. That was the big moment to get those tubes out. And it was supposed to happen, and then they said it wasn't going to. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it did. Yeah, it was really, it was weird and miraculous all in the same weird way. Right. <laughs> and people can kind of see it however they want to see it, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they could say, oh, well, they just changed their mind. And it's like, yeah. well, you can Well, when you're in the you metal building, it's not really changing your mind. It's kind of like, it's a miracle. It's just a miracle. <laughs> right. I mean, it, it was amazing. And it was an answer to prayer. So no matter what anyone says, it was an answer to our prayer. So Yeah, it was definitely an answer to our prayer. So after my story, did you have a story that, you know, you saw a prayer being answered? Or maybe you didn't see it answered at first, but then... Or maybe you were just coasting, but mm-hmm. maybe you weren't even coasting. You mm-hmm. kind of felt defeated. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just <laughs> asked a lot in one question, but you did. do you have a story to share? I absolutely have a story to share, and guess what? It involves you. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> really? <laughs> yes. And I touched a little bit on this prayer, and like my daughter said, it's like we have kind of these turning points in our faith. And like, there's so many different pieces that go into this and so many prayers that go into this and so many things that have happened. Um, and I'm going back again to me really wanting kids after my son was born. He was so amazing. It took seven years to get him there. Um, it was a nightmare of emotions of infertility and lots of things that I had to go through. Um, but I'm not going to talk about that at that moment. I'm going to talk about the prayer I actually said after my son was born. I told God that he was so amazing. And I could understand how it took seven years to get him here because he was beyond anything I could imagine. That I told God that I would follow wherever he led me to my next child. I'm like, God, show me where to go to get my next child. I will follow you wherever you lead. And well... He led me on a wild goose chase. (laughs) (laughs) To put it lightly. (laughs) To put it lightly. That's what it felt like. So if I was very clear in my prayer, very concise. So um, I I prayed that. And, you know, it seemed like it was going pretty good at first. Um, We said a prayer. And then a year or two later, um, we were with this adoption agency and there was a birth mother who was giving birth to our child and she was going to have to give it up anyways because she already had a child in the welfare system so but she was they were interviewing parents so she interviewed a bunch of parents and we were one of them and in the end they chose us to adopt their baby so yay yay. it was very very exciting and it happened very fast and the baby or the baby the mom went into labor sooner than anticipated and so I had to like take a leave from work right away and get everything planned I'm like this baby's coming and um 
we went to the hospital and we got the baby and they put it in our arms and we took the baby home and everything was perfect and magical and we were setting up the bassinet and we got a phone call from our lady or social worker who worked at the adoption agency and she's like kelly stop the mom wants the baby back they and changed the like uh... yeah they changed the rules and she can now ask for the baby back and I pretty much fell to the floor sobbing. Um, it was it was like my sister-in-law said at the time. They say it's like a death. And it really was like a death. We had this baby. We had these dreams. We had these expectations. And they were just like ripped right out of our hands. Boom. So it was really devastating. It was crushing. And while I promote that um, children stay with their moms at all costs if they can. So it's not that I wasn't... Um, for this mom taking care of her baby but it broke our heart and our expectations and changed our whole life and it was really really difficult and I, I was concerned if the mom would be able to take care of the child but I realized that was not my judgment or my call at all and so while there's a lot of anger around me from my um, dad and actually brothers and different people for at this mom for taking this child away from me I did I wasn't angry at the mom. I absolutely understood, you know, why she wanted her baby back, right? Why wouldn't she want her baby back? That was fine. But um I was frustrated that she dragged us through this whole adoption thing when um she took it back like instantly. It was just it was really difficult. And so I was crushed and I didn't know what to do because it felt like it felt like our prayers were answered, right? So this was like, okay, this was a beautiful, amazing answered prayer that, like, dissolved, mm-hmm. destructed, self-destructed right before my eyes. Boom, gone. So it's like, God, what are you doing? Like, is this a punishment? <laughs> are you, are you mad at me? What, what is going on? This isn't what I wanted it to be. But just like in that verse from the Bible that you read, it's like, keep on praying keep on praying. Uh, and so keep on praying, keep on knocking. And that's what I did. And I had my friend and my mom praying with me at the same time. And they both came back to me at different times and said, I'm praying and God's giving me peace. And I'm like, I'm praying and God's giving me peace too. And so like when more, more than one gather in the name and are praying and receive the same sign, that is God answering your prayer. And so he was answering the prayer and we foolishly, maybe not foolishly, but ignorantly, naively, maybe, because we're kind of scripting out how God's going to answer this prayer, right? Is what we were doing, which, which which you shouldn't do. We're like, yeah, God's going to give us the baby back. Well, we didn't get the baby back. Um, we never saw this baby again. But what it did is it led us on this continuing journey where we ended up going to China to adopt our child. And that was nowhere on our list to do. We actually for adoption, we wanted to do Columbia, but the Columbia program was shut down by the time we got to it. And then I really wanted to adopt it from Korea or to adopt from Korea because I have a niece and a nephew from there. And so I thought that would be really cool. But my husband, for whatever reason, didn't want to adopt from that program. So then we were going to adopt from Guatemala, but Guatemala didn't have regular rules and regulations they weren't really regulated and so it was a little iffy in adopting from there and actually that program shut down so I'm really glad we didn't pick that program and so while I was praying through all this 
you know, China kind of surfaced. And it's like, well, we can do China. <laughs> well, why not? You know, it's like, so God was actually leading us all this time in retrospect. I can see all the pieces fit. It's like when I was so excited when we were adopting this other baby, you were actually born that very same month. Mm-hmm. So when God was sending us peace and we were praying, God knew that on the other side of the world, he had this baby, this perfect child that he wanted to come into our family. And that was you, my yeah, child me. sitting next to me. My but child sitting next to me. My child sitting next to me right now. Yes. This beautiful, amazing soul. But I had no way of knowing this. This is, this is how God works. His works are so grand and so beyond any scale that we can ever imagine. I didn't know that. Um, I had this, I actually had a vision. The woman did not know what her baby was when we first met her. And I had this vision and it's hard to explain because it's not a prayer. It's not a dream. It was a vision. I was picking up laundry off the floor. I totally remember. And I went down to pick it up and I just had this vision of a black haired baby, literally black haired baby. And I'm like, wow. And it was a girl. And so when we met the birth mom who was, whose baby we were going to adopt, um, she had an ultrasound. And I'm like, I know what your baby is, you know, because we didn't know if it was a girl or a boy. I'm like, I know, I know, I know what it is. I'm like, it's a girl. It's a girl. It's like I had a vision. I know it's a girl. And she's like, it is a girl. And so it was just kind of cool. So everything felt like it was meant to be. And then when this baby was born... I kid you not. She had a big head of dark hair. <laughs> so I'm like, this is it. But um, honestly, it wasn't it. In my very minimal perspective of what I could see, I thought that was my baby and my vision. I don't believe that. I honestly believe my vision was you, my yeah. daughter, right here sitting next to me, born in China. It and was her me. black hair. Not and... to brag or anything, but it was me. <laughs> yeah. It was me. Absolutely. It was you. But I didn't know this. So, well, how are you supposed to know it's God? I mean, when things make sense, it's probably not God. When things don't make sense, it's probably God. <laughs> right. And so I didn't know any of this. So it was, and I'm not going to go into all the details of it, but it was our, our journey. We had so many problems trying to get to this child. Yeah. Um, so many with documentation and papers and uh, just silly problems. We finally got over there and I finally brought her back to America and um, we're so happy to be home with her finally. And um, that's when the doctors told us that she was really sick, which on her health record, she was healthy, absolutely healthy. So uh, no one had ever seen this happen before, but the doctor said she needed open heart surgery right away. And so that was devastating absolutely devastating again it's like god what are you doing to me <laughs> you know you you sent me to get this child and now she's really sick and i told god i didn't want a sick baby <laughs> i told him i couldn't adopt a sick baby and um he directed us to adopt her off the special needs list which i won't go into the details on that and we did but i specifically chose a child who had a very minimal problem which she was probably one of the only ones on there and I told my husband they're all heart babies and I can't deal with the heart because it's too big of an organ in the body it's too serious it's like I've been through so much I just I can't emotionally handle it well guess what we had a heart baby God yeah. knew we couldn't handle a heart baby so uh, the the orphanage and the adoption agency had never had anything like this happen ever before where a child was so sick and claimed healthy. You 
my daughter well had, we like to experience that that's never happened before yeah my daughter had um medical checkups every month for she was um what you were two i guess when we adopted you a little over two so that was a lot of medical appointments that it went unmissed but this was all on god's magical perfect timing so we get her over here and then they say oh guess what after a heart cast she's so sick she might need a heart lung transplant so at that point we were really upset about the open heart surgery all of a sudden in an instant things changed and we're praying for open heart surgery yeah now like, open heart surgery is looking pretty nice yeah it's looking pretty darn nice it's like dear god please get we thought you know that was the end of the world yeah. um but there's always more so i just it's like please you know make her well we prayed yeah. and so i sent requests for prayers and we prayed and um she went through open heart surgery I requested prayers from strangers, even checking out in the grocery store. It's like, oh, she's so cute. I'm like, oh, yeah, she's having open heart surgery. It's like, oh, no. I'm like, will you please pray for her? And they're like, yes, I will. You know, I <laughs> I was not shy. I asked anyone and everyone because this was really serious. And her open heart surgery went phenomenally well, amazingly well. They thought that she would be in the hospital longer because... But of I her didn't. condition now she might have even got out quicker than your average person so it was incredible but so i had this wonderful beautiful amazing child and now we finally got her physical health in order and then all of a sudden we were hit by other problems because of the trauma she endured the first two years of life and all the medical trauma um there were some emotional and neurological problems that we had to deal with and they were significant um, to the point of it was difficult for everyone, including Jaina, sweet little Jaina sitting next to me. Yeah, I had a lot of problems. I can't even imagine how, how scared out of her mind. He had post-traumatic stress, um, triggered a lot. So a lot of neurological disorders just from the trauma, what people call neuroreactive attachment disorder, all sorts of endless of diagnoses, and some of them considered incurable. Yeah. And so, but I stand here today. Um, and no, she's, she's uh, okay, <laughs> fine. She called me on my stuff. <laughs> I'm sitting here today next to my beautiful, wonderful, amazing daughter. And was my prayer answered? Did I get the child that God wanted me to have? And the answer is, and I'm going to start crying right here on the podcast, pretty much almost. <laughs> my daughter's going to be like, no, mom, don't. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, but it's amazing. God is so faithful and his He's so profound. He is so, um, he can bring so, he's got plans so much bigger than what we ever anticipated. Uh, this journey that I went on with my daughter has been the most life-changing, difficult um, nightmare of my life yeah, at times. Um, but it's the most beautiful blessing that brings so much joy, again, beyond anything describable. That I have this, I've been blessed with this amazing soul sitting next to me who is a living, a breathing miracle. And I'm amazed by her every single second of every single day. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> You're welcome. God is brilliant. And so this goes to show why you go into this big, long story is just because it felt like at times he wasn't listening. It yeah. felt like at times he was punishing me. It felt like at times... I wasn't going to make it through. I wasn't going to survive. And it felt like at times, honestly, with her serious serious medical issues, that she wasn't going to survive and make yeah. it through. And we're sitting here today as testament 
Um, and that's honestly why we started this podcast, because God has been so significant, so intimate within our lives and changing everything in the way that we knew it. We just want to give him credit. We want to give credit where credit is due. Right. And so, and I have a Bible verse that I want to read right now because this is, this kind of sums up this, this prayer um, that I have. And the Bible verse is from Isaiah and it's 55, eight through nine. And it says, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. And I think that this is just beautiful in the way that it is put, mm-hmm. that I had such a limited view of, you know, my child and my life. And God had this big grand view beyond anything, honestly, I ever could have imagined. And as we're going through, we need to understand this, that our view is so limited. We're kind of like, we're kind of like this little grain of sand on an ocean beach, right? Mm -hmm. We know that world around us, um, it's very limited, but God is so expansive. He is the universe, right? So nothing is impossible with God. And we need to understand this when we're praying, that when things look like they're not being answered, in all honesty, God's probably working on bigger plans and they are being answered. God's always 50 steps ahead of you. Yeah. If not a thousand, um, yeah, it really depends, but that's a good way. That's a good way to say it. He's always 50 steps ahead. So when we opened up with that Bible verse, it's like, just keep on praying, keep on knocking and don't give up. Just keep on doing, praying more. You know, if you think he's not answering, pray more because he has so much big plans designed for you to lift you up mm-hmm. and bring you into his joy peace and glory honestly it's yeah it's hard to go through dark times but he will lift you up if you go to him mm-hmm. absolutely and going to him is that key so you're absolutely right on that mm-hmm. so now do you have um we talked these are kind of maybe a little bit bigger things do you have a prayer or uh that was answered quickly yeah for sure so i remember this it was i believe it was like summer going into junior year Mm -hmm. Uh, junior year seems i mean i've heard that it's the busiest year the hardest year because you're trying to get into these things and like take these harder classes and so colleges can see you and be like oh yeah like I want that student so I just remember thinking like I need to join these clubs and then some some clubs came to me and they're like oh yeah you're like eligible for this and so I had yeah and I remember you telling me at the time I don't want to cut in but (laughs) it's like junior year I'm so nervous and kind of freaking out because it's your make or break year yeah I mean it just seems super big and to yeah. organize everything and mm-hmm. try to have a make year and not a break year. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It was it was very much like that. And so the three clubs or groups that kind of came mm-hmm. to me or uh, appeared in in my life that seemed like I was eligible for and it seemed like it would be a good fit. Um, the mm. the clubs. 
were National Honor Society. Mm-hmm. Uh, big one. Yeah, a church group called Duck, which stands for Disciples Under Construction. And that one, I pretty, I knew I wanted to be in that one. That mm-hmm. was one that I was like, I need to be in. And then the last one was Link Crew. And during this time, I kind of felt overwhelmed. It seemed like a lot to be in. And, and then on top of that, juggling school and dance. Right. And so I was just praying to God, like, just, should I be in all of them? Should I drop one? It seemed like a lot. And there was one that I, or it seemed like I needed to drop one, but I didn't know what one to drop. Mm-hmm. It seemed... I, I just felt overwhelmed and I needed God to show me what exactly to do because it seemed like a lot, but at the same time, I really wanted to be in all of them. Mm-hmm. But there was one, however, that I. that stroked my ego a bit. <laughs> yeah, you didn't really. Actually, you told me earlier you didn't want to do it. Yeah, but then. But then... But then, things changed. (laughs) Things did change. I... There was a teacher that I had. That you really liked. Yes. She was, like, my favorite teacher. Shout out to Miss Hanley. Love you. Um, She came to me and was like, hey, I think you'd be really, really great for Link Crew. And let me just explain Link Crew, because people might not know what it is if you don't go to my school. You might have different names in different high schools. Yeah. Basically, it's a group of juniors and seniors who, ba- like, they take in freshmen, and they kind of, they're, like, their mentor for that first year, and you meet with them every single month, and, yeah, you're just going to be these leaders to freshmen and, like, guide them around and, like, help them out through their first year, and as a freshman, I personally did enjoy Link Crew. <laughs> My leader wasn't super like involved in my life um so yeah I mean when she when my teacher came to me I was like oh I think I could be a great link link leader I would be totally involved in my freshman's lives I think it'd just be a really fun thing to do and I I kind of repictured the whole situation right and she recommended you she asked if she could recommend yeah. you and thought you would be phenomenal yeah and it would be a great place for you yeah and I I did really want to do it it sounded fun and I reimagined the whole situation and it just seemed like a good fit for me and I was like yeah I want to do it and so I started applying to all these things I would definitely say that Link Crew was the smallest application. It was the shortest. It took the least amount of time because NHS takes a long time. There's essays and I definitely wanted to make sure that like everything was good for that and Mm -hmm. I had it all edited Mm -hmm. and it was all nice and neat and it sounded good and then Duck was also had essays that were pretty I had to think about them Mm -hmm. and so as time went on Link Crew was my first I guess like I did kind of do more for it because there was an interview and then there was like an application Mm -hmm. and so the interview was like or I filled out my application like I got my application in 
and then I did the interview. The interview was, I was in the morning, mm-hmm. it was very intimidating, kind of, because I was with other students, which I did not know I was going to be with. Yeah, and it was all online, because it, it was, was online. during COVID, so yep. it was a little bit different in that yeah. way, I think they would have been in person otherwise. Yeah, and so... It was online, and I got all pretty and made sure, like, my camera and my room was clean, and (laughs) everything was, like, all set up. Picture perfect. Yep. And I just, when I got into the interview, it didn't feel natural. Like, I kind of, I was very quiet, and it was very intimidating being with other people. It kind of, it put me in a socially awkward place, I guess. (laughs) And so I wasn't able to, like, open up or even necessarily be myself. And... It happens to the best of us. Yeah. And it was... It was just kind of defeating afterwards. After the interview, I was kind of like, oh, I I don't really know if I got in. And usually I feel pretty confident about these things. Because I'm able to... In an interview, you're kind of able to just talk one-on-one and, like... Mm-hmm. You're able to be more yourself, but it's it's intimidating being around five or six other students that are your age. We're all jumping in and talking yeah, and having yeah. lots to say. <sighs> yeah, it was very intimidating. Uh-huh. And, like, a couple Sounds days like later, it. they sent out the email about who got in, who didn't get in. And I was informed. Unfortunately, I did not get in. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I was very sad. I was sad. I was very sad. Yeah. I was very sad. And. Very sad. I remember it was a little jarring. Yeah. I was like, wait, what? Like, how did I not get in? Because I, like I said, it was an, like, it was an ego boost. Like, my teacher wanted me to do it. It was like, oh, yeah. Like, I. I, or she said I could be good for it, so I can be good for it, and that was my thinking process, and then afterwards, it was like, oh, they didn't like me, it, it was mm. a ego crush. Yeah, shattering, shattering, because yeah. what did it say in your email, you said they sent you an email. Yeah, oh, they sent, like, a list of reasons of why you didn't get in, or maybe, or, like, a list of reasons you possibly didn't get in. And it said, like, oh, don't take it personally. But then one of the things on the list was your personality. That's pretty personal. That's pretty personal. You were pretty upset about that Yeah, one. I was like, <laughs> excuse me? Like, why would you put that on there? It maybe didn't mean you had a bad personality. It yeah. just didn't sync it with... didn't jive. didn't jive. With the vibe that they wanted, I But guess. insulting to the human nonetheless. Yeah. Absolutely. I was very... I was, like, embarrassed that I didn't get it. I was like, what the heck? It was very sad. Yeah. yeah. I was very sad. Yeah, I was like, what the heck? Like, why? So it was very disappointing. <sighs> kind of so, salty about it. Yeah, but then, then what did you do? Yeah, so Link Crew kind of the process for getting into it or not getting into it and the interview and stuff, that all kind of went by really, really quickly. And so I had not finished or gotten in my duck application or my NHS application yet. I was working on my NHS one, like getting volunteer hours and writing essays and getting all the information I needed for the application still. And so 
I applied for that. Mom helped me edit my essays. I answered all the questions, got my hours in and my proof and such. And I got my application in. It was actually the NHS application was very much a relief. It kind mm-hmm. of felt like college applications. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how then going back because we're talking about answered prayer. Mm-hmm. So how was your prayer answered in the situation? Oh yeah, for sure. I. It was God had just. He showed me that Link Crew was just an ego boost. Like it was, it stroked my ego, and it it was as much as I did want it. It was only because I had the wrong motives. I thought mm. it was gonna look good. I thought I could impress people with it. Impress your teacher. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Make her happy. Yeah. Like, people pleasing going on there. For sure. And I wanted it for the wrong reasons. And God had just eliminated it. He was like, nope, okay, <laughs> we're done with that. And I did my NHS application and my DECL application, and I got into both of those. So God showed me what I needed and mm-hmm. what I should be in. And to this day, both NHS and Duck bring me joy, and I truly believe that God directed me into the into where I needed to be, and I'm very, very grateful. So, I mean, you had the right purpose, and yeah. looking back, you could reflect and see mm-hmm. um, how maybe after the fact, God helped you to see which one did fit for your future and which ones... Or which not. one didn't fit, yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, for sure. I mean, NHS is, you know, I'm able to, I feel like I'm able to reach more people. And I don't know. I Like you said before, I, I, I was complaining to you about Link Crew and how I really didn't want to do it. And I was like, I'm never going right. to be a Link Crew leader and stuff. And so... You had the right reasons. Yeah. To do that. So it just... I think um, a lot of times prayer can help us define our life more clearly when God steps in Mm -hmm. as opposed to getting caught up. I think the prayer maybe in your circumstance, you praying, maybe helped you. What I have found personally in my life is that when I pray, um, I sometimes have these horrible crashes, kind of like that interview. Yeah. And it's such an ego crusher and I feel so worthless but in the end when I look back and I see and follow my prayers it really was my prayer to determine where I should go yeah and that was in all circumstances Mm -hmm. in that situation where I failed so miserably it was not the place where I was supposed to be yeah so I think God kind of axes those things out a little quicker sometimes if you're not praying about those things that you could have got caught up in your ego because you could have sold yourself and yeah I could have did that definitely yeah I mean I feel like if I don't know I didn't want to be in NHS as much as I wanted to I think that yeah I mean I could have played the part you could have played the part so that's why I think prayer is really important important in helping to guide us to Mm -hmm. the right direction because God can just blow some things out of the water and make them gone. Boom. Like yeah. that. And why it can be uncomfortable, it's still an answered prayer. Yeah. Yeah. Because so. it did feel uncomfortable. I did feel like they, 
like it was a personal attack on me right like they didn't want me and that doesn't feel good right when it's God kind of saying eh, wrong reason wrong place yeah yeah <laughs> you can be done with that mm-hmm. I can be a leader in the church or I can be a leader in another club or whatever right so it's not like I'm missed an opportunity it's just not where I was supposed to be right and it's perfect for other people right yeah but sure. it doesn't mean it's perfect for you mm-hmm. I have just a, a simpler little story too of you when you were younger you needed orthodontic care and we had been to so many doctors and done so many things and we're doing so many therapies that I literally cried I cried all the open heart searching all she the things we did. <laughs> I didn't really cry so much on those things. And all of a sudden, it's like the straw that breaks the camel's back, they say. It's like, oh, my gosh, I can't deal with this. I cannot deal with orthodontics. I can't deal with the money. And I was praying to God. It's like, I, I really just opened up my heart to him and said, I can't deal with this. Yeah. I know I'm a baby. I know I'm a wimp. I know this is ridiculous. <laughs> but I can't deal with it. And so the next day I went to work, and I met with the sales lady. And long behold, she had an adopted child who was in her 30s and was an orthodontist. And so she's like, you have to go see my daughter. You have to go see my you daughter. You have to go see my daughter. And I'm like, well, okay. She's like, they can help you. I'm like, all right. Well, this place wasn't anywhere near where we lived, but we went there and we had an appointment. Everybody was kind of quiet. It was um, a very nice place. And we left and they gave us the price and it was lots of money. And I just driving home i cried again and you're like praying uh, yeah it's like dear god i i just this is too much i can't do it it's too much money i don't want to deal with it sobbing again and i really i admit it's like god i know i'm a baby but i I just this is feeling like too much stress for me and i was just open and vulnerable so i get back to work and then i get a phone call and it's a woman from the orthodontist. And she's like, yeah. She's like, I just wanted to let you know that um, we can give you 50% off your orthodontics. And it's just like, what? I'm like, what? Why? And she didn't really say anything as to why. She's like, we're just going to give you that, basically. And so then I was crying again. <laughs> well, I was doing a lot of crying. <laughs> I was doing a lot of crying. You're like uh, a hormonal after, teen. After all the things we had been through, it's a little bit ironic that I did so much crying over yeah. this. I did, did a lot of crying, and I thanked her, and we ended up going there, and you had a spacer and all your stuff done, and it, um, you know, was a blip on the radar. It was... Um, God heard my pleas and he answered my prayer. I mean, that was kind of a quick prayer. He made it pretty much painless. We got in, we got out. Um, he took care of the expenses. Mm, Yeah, it was pretty quick. It was manageable. Um, and he answered it beautifully. So a lot of times prayer can be as simple as that. I mean, it's kind of like this, these miracle things that happen. I literally met this woman this next day who just encouraged me to go in and said her daughter could help me it's almost like it's these angels on earth come in so many different forms but again i had to be open to that right i had to be open yeah for sure and then i had to listen and then i had to follow through because i could have made up so many excuses like oh it's so far away you know it's like oh i don't want to play this pay this money i just i i don't i don't want to go there right i could have a list of reasons why i didn't want to do it um, but I didn't. I was open to God moving in my life, and uh, it worked out absolutely grand. Yeah, it was mm-hmm. amazing. It was amazing. It's even weird to think that I went to a honest because it happened so long ago. It happened so long ago. It was so quick and painless. Thank you for joining us today. We would love to hear at some point what prayers that get answered for you. Uh, if you'd like to hear more 
from me or learn more about me and my daughter, you can go to kellyjeanpittman.com and you'll find more information there and you can contact me and share stories of your prayers that are answered. Um, there's a contact information. Go ahead and send them in through there. We would love to hear other people's answered prayers yeah. um, and the stories that you have to share. That would be awesome. So thank you for joining us today. Uh, we are ready to close. Jana, would you like to end us with a prayer? Yes, I'll end us in prayer. So just pray with me however you would. Dear God, thank you for this beautiful day. And thank you for bringing all of our beautiful souls here to listen. I pray that you just keep us open to everything that you have to offer. Keep our minds and our hearts open keep our ears open to listen to you help us to communicate with you and be open and listen and then follow through because it's so hard just give us the strength and Mm -hmm. the motivation to follow through because ultimately your plans are the best for us Mm -hmm. even if it's not in the most conventional way we love you and we praise you amen Amen. Glory, hallelujah. Thank you, all you beautiful souls, for joining us today. We really value this time that we get to spend together, and we look forward to seeing you again in two weeks. Yeah. So, this Um, is Jaina and Kelly, and with faith and love, we're signing off.